0: This is the Wild Crime Report for Monday, the 19th of February, 2024. I'm wildlife investigator Matt Durrant, and this is your weekly bite-sized update on what's happening around the world in the realm of environmental crime. In just five episodes, you're probably starting to get a sense of the diversity of cases that this crime type covers. Yes, there are the usual familiar commodities like elephant ivory, rhino horn, leopards and tigers. But we've even touched on the smuggling of some other exotic and very rare species like south asian reptiles poisonous dart frogs from the amazon the eggs of native birds from britain and the valued seed of a central asian sheep it's no wonder wildlife detectives across the world remain busy some of you following me have told me that you'd like to know more on certain subjects what is fueling the trade in certain species What exactly does a trafficker have to do to get a live animal from one location to another? I'm going to look at putting together more articles and standalone podcast episodes on some of these subjects in more detail. So please follow me on Substack if you aren't already and consider becoming a paid subscriber as I'll be putting together premium briefings and information for those who are kindly paying to support the wild crime report. So let's get into some information. In episode two, we covered here on the Wild Crime Report, a story about a man being sentenced in the United Kingdom for stealing peregrine falcon chick eggs. But we also referred to a father and son duo, Lewis and Timothy Hall, who were pleading guilty and were in the process of being sentenced. Well, the Halls were given a sentence of a collective 370 community service hours between them this week by the court. Now, given a custodial sentence of eight weeks was handed out to another defendant, guilty of stealing and selling peregrine falcon eggs last month, people will question whether a community service order is consistent and proportionate with their crimes. Peregrine falcon chick eggs are highly valued in the black market, in places like Europe, but especially the Middle East, where buyers want to raise the chicks from many bird-of-prey species into adulthood and use them for racing. Understandably, this sort of commercial trade, left unregulated, could put wild populations under threat, something the halls were absolutely aware of. In addition, they've been banned from having any involvement with birds of prey for five years, but perhaps hitting them where it really hurts? Their cases are still before a civil court for a proceeds of crime hearing. It's been reported that they made up to 40,000 British pounds sterling from this racket. The financial loss from these crimes and the ban on their activity will make it harder for them to operate let's hope they just leave the eggs alone staying on the theme of commercial trafficking and wildlife and a thai businesswoman was arrested this last week in kokong province thailand the 51 year old woman called meng sinath was arrested by forestry officials after they raided her farm and found over 400 live species including tortoises turtles And endangered birds, amongst other wildlife. In addition, they found carcasses of other animals. She was charged with possession and trading of protected species without permission, and will presumably be before the courts after receiving bail. If you haven't already noticed, you'll probably appreciate how Thailand remains to be a central player in the illegal wildlife trade in Asia. It's a key transit hub, due to the country's proximity to and travel routes between so many countries in the region that are rich with rare and beautiful animals, highly sought after by buyers. Farms like the one run by Sinath are typical of many that are scattered around many rural areas, containing animals, often trafficked through land, air and sea borders, and then housed for captive breeding or merely stockpiled until the right buyer comes along. The complexity in Thailand for wildlife investigators is that many introduced species at these farms are claimed, falsely, by farm owners to have been bred in captivity there rather than illegally imported. The onus is often on the authorities to prove the animal has been trafficked, rather than on the owner to prove the origin of the species. Mere possession doesn't always guarantee a closed case. Staying in Asia, but jumping over to India, and the enforcement agency the Directorate of Revenue Intelligence, or DRI, made an unusual seizure this last week. Acting on an intelligence probe, investigators stopped an air cargo consignment that was destined for China after scanning it and discovering 16,000 peacock feathers. Peacocks are a revered animal icon in India, and the export of their feathers is prohibited under Indian wildlife legislation. Now, the sea's stock was estimated in the press to be worth 28 lakhs, which is around 330,000 US dollars. I've previously stated my hesitancy to take seized value figures offered by law enforcement as testament, but it's obviously clear that the feathers have considerable value. Investigators are reported to have arrested one Indian national and are examining the possibility of a wider network behind this consignment. Once again, the colourful variety of wildlife commodities being smuggled in India comes to the fore. Now, last week on the wild crime report, we mentioned an enforcement action in Nigeria by the Nigeria Customs Service, whereby they seized 25 kilograms of ivory and arrested four individuals. Well, soon after that, news this last week broke that a Cameroonian national, Muhammad Ibrahim, was arrested by customs at the border of Nigeria and Cameroon while smuggling 200 kilograms of ivory in a Honda SUV. Upon stopping and searching the vehicle, Border officials found 52 elephant tusks stored within it, as well as a pistol and ammunition. Ibrahim was reported to be heading towards the city of Lagos, where he would be meeting another person to offload the stock. As we mentioned in last week's episode, the recent seizures and prosecutions in Nigeria, specifically Lagos, has seen a downturn in detected trafficking activity, suggesting the trade may have slowed or that traffickers are now using new routes. Ivory is still clearly in demand, and what this seizure affirms is that Nigeria remains to be a key transit country where illegal products are brought in and then exported to a destination, probably Asia, either through its bustling airports in Lagos and Abuja, or out via the busy seaport of Apapa. It would be interesting to know whether this 200 kilograms of ivory originated in Cameroon or came from further within Africa, perhaps Gabon or the Congo, or even further south, Police have the capacity to geographically pin down where any ivory has come from in the world thanks to the work done by specialised researchers who have collected elephant DNA via their poo over many years. A sample from the sea's tusks would be enough to be sent to several laboratories. There actually is one in Gabon to enable investigators to tell the journey of the tusks. And lastly, just to end on something that fits more into the wild category, A 38-year-old New York man was sentenced this week to one-year probation and a $5,000 fine. His crime? Well, almost six years ago, he was taking a bus from Canada into the USA when he was misidentified as an armed and dangerous suspect. However, upon being searched, police didn't find a weapon, but instead found three adult Burmese pythons concealed inside his pants near his inner thigh. The old pythons-in-the-pants trick. There is no shortage of scope for a below-the-waist joke to be inserted here. So all I'm going to say is that this guy really trusted those snakes. And that is the Wild Crime Report for this week. I'm Matt Darren. Until next time, stay wild and keep the animals there too.